welcome everyone to Quizcast number six. Um, we have an excellent panel today, um, starting off with a man who's been with us many times, backed by popular demand, Jake. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> and, and then to represent the lurkers amongst us, um, we have a man who has been a member of the site for over a decade, um, has managed to average one post a week during that time, um, but is a long-time sponsor, um, and that's Peter S. Yeah, thanks. And, and uh, the reason for the paucity is probably because I, th I think I think long and hard before I make some incisive seven-word comment on the site, but <laughs> pleased to be joining you. And can I just point out that this is the first podcast I've done in my life, so I'm a podcast virgin. Go gentle with me. All that good stuff. Cheers. <laughs> and, and finally, the, uh, the rock upon which these quiz casts are built, AC. That's a mildly concerning statement to make, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll discuss it with your therapist. So we'll start off with um, just having really a look back to the last couple of games we've played in the Europa League. So over to you, Jake. Well, the first game was really the crucial one of the two, was the Carabag match, because obviously a win there would um, make sure that the Monaco game wasn't quite as important. It does sound like reading from the, the post of the the blog of people who went out there, that they had more, far more fun than we did watching it. But, um, yeah, it was a decent match for us, I think. Um, there are a couple of good points. I think I think it's one of those games where some of the unsung heroes really did well. I think Ben Davies had a really important game for us. Um, it seems to be working quite hard. And in fact, that's a running thing for the Monaco game as well. Um, we played pretty much the fullest of full strength that we had. We were unlucky when Ali blasted wide early on from a lovely cutback from Trippier. Um, and I think this is one of the games where Ali had really got to shine a little bit more, knowing that he wasn't going to be available at the weekend, seemed to loosen him up a little bit so he could really have a go at it. But yeah, we, I mean, sun hitting the bar, um, It's there's lots of positives for us. Um, one thing that I did notice in this game, which was really enjoyable, I mean, other than the lovely corner routines, which, again, long balls into the box from a corner, which seem to be working for once. It's quite enjoyable, to be honest with you. It makes a change from my usual rant and a quote of statistics about how long balls into the box from a corner are a total waste of time. Um, but there was one moment where Alderweireld played a long ball up to Ali and Ali just clipped the bar and that comes back into one of the analyses of one of the other games that we had later on in, in the run-up since we last spoke. But yeah, it was encouraging, it was pleasing that we won and it, we didn't seem to have to work that hard. Carabag were pretty much reduced to long-range pop shots, which is um, quite a relief and it, normally a reflection on how well we're playing. For the Monaco game, it was quite interesting to see a team that couldn't really understand that, or seemed entirely unaware that we set up to press quite hard and then to hit you further up the field because they just didn't know that what we were doing. I mean, the manager said as much after the game um, and they made a few switches around to try and deal with that in the second half. But yeah, I thought we had some really, really important, important performances. I mean, obviously, full credit goes to Lamella for a hat-trick, but I think... Well, again, Davis's work for the first goal where he slid in and won the ball first and then played the ball across for Lamella to finish with, that was really determined work from him. And it's quite pleasing to see, which we'll come on to later on as well, that in Rose's absence, we do have someone who's solid at left-back to come in and take his place. The second goal, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Monaco's keeper will be having nightmares about that still. It was um, Arthur Boric-esque, I reckon, in the way it was so soft, but... We were really good, I think. Um, it was interesting to see that we could perform well and attack quite with, with quite a lot of fluidity, even in Harry Kane's absence. And that's really reassuring because I know that 
one of the things that we're all worried about is what happens if the sky falls on our head and Harry D's out for a few matches. But we were all right. I mean, we were solid. I think um, Vimmer at the back was tidy. Um, I think Clinton, it's unfortunate that he took that injury, which means he's going to be out for quite a while, it would seem. If he's had an operation, then I think he's, it's quite a long lead time into him coming back. But he was brilliant. I mean, he was really dogmatic. He worked really hard. His interception for the third goal was really impressive. I think it was by far and away the best he's had for us. Uh, other than that, Josh Enamer was unlucky not to score. And um, Tommy Carroll, I mean, I know I've made gags about him looking over his shoulder at the other players coming through before, but his goal was really well worked. They weren't the greatest of opposition. So I think there was quite a lot which was more a reflection on the paucity of the opposition. But you can only beat what's in front of you, and he did really well. I mean, other than that, the only thing of real note is Al Shirawi's goal, I think, was one of the best we've seen in the Europa League. It was such a clean strike. But yeah, I mean, points in the bag, we march on. It was really reassuring. Can, can, can I comment? Can I also add a, a, just a little um, comment on the um, Monaco performance? Because I agree with Jake. I think uh, uh, you know th- they they were unprepared for our pressing game, and I you know I was very pleased with the result. Lamella, and I'm sure we'll get back to him later on. Anyway, um, I was you know delighted for him to get the hat trick, but the, the fact he scored the third goal with his right foot, that foot which never sees light of day normally, uh, <laughs> I thought was was there was a certain certain something to that. So I was very pleased for him and very pleased for his right foot to come out of a hibernation. Uh, couldn't agree more <laughs> in terms of um, Clinton with the unpronounceable last name, but it's got like an N and a G and an apostrophe and some other letters in it. But he, I, was, I, I like the look of him. I like the look of his um, aggression. Um, as you say, he helped make that third, that third goal. And I'll also give kudos to Tommy Carroll for his goal because I have very little else to say about Mr. Carroll, but I give him credit where due. Nicely taken. There seems so, to be a lot of talk about him being one of the most cultured players on the ball in the squad. But, but when it's something for Poch to really to persist with him and give him a yet another opportunity. It's unfortunate that he didn't have the greatest game when he started in the league afterwards, but I thought in that game, yeah, there is quite a lot about his game which looks quite positive. I've always been quite a fan. But, but aren't, 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 isn't that a little bit, just a little bit, and just to take a you know, um, I guess uh, another perspective on it. Isn't that a bit of a, a, a double-edged word? If someone, they say, is a cultured player or they say there's a, they're a tidy player, which, you know, to me, that, that's usually someone who plays in almost a self-contained way. I, I can see the skill, but a personal opinion is I just don't think in, in, in the Premier League this guy's going to cut it. I just think he, he's a tidy player. As you say, he's got a cultured left foot. I saw some nice little skill bits for him, but I just don't see how that plays out. And obviously we'll get on to Newcastle later, but um, he said he's he cultured is, is to me. <laughs> yeah. They, didn't they say that about Martin Peters as well, by the way, there's been a f- few people who've hung that word on in the past and it's never really um, proven to, you know, work in their favor. By the way, Martin Peters, for some of you who are not as old as me and prof, <laughs> prof is younger than me, used to play for West Ham and then Spurs in the 1960s. But, uh... um, so wrapped around those two Europa League games were several Premier League fixtures, which seemed to run from the, the good uh, against West Ham through the adequate against Chelsea and West Brom to the ugly of Newcastle. Um, AC, what were your thoughts on those games? So I thought that the West Ham game was obviously a very good performance. I think we've really not taken the stuffing out of West Ham and they're not looking very good at the moment. Um, 
there's I'm not going to spend a huge amount talking about that because I think it's more about the overriding things that happen after that. Against Chelsea, they came to defend, they came to stop us from playing how we like to play. I still think we were the better team, but it was a very, very dull nil-nil draw. Um, Sun should probably have scored a couple of times, but I'll give him time to get used to the league. Um, West Brom, a very annoying game to watch. I, I do think if it wasn't so windy, we probably would have beaten them quite comfortably. The only times they ever really looked like they were going to do anything against us was when the ball was bouncing all over the place. Um, McLean should have been sent off. The ref was the worst ref in the league, in my opinion. He was terrible. Um, Kane should have scored in the West Brom game as well. Um, But he just sort of fell over. And then we have the Newcastle game. Mm. I feel like this is... this may have been the start of, of Pochettino trying out uh, new new ways of game management. Um, knowing that we can't press really hard all of the time, otherwise the squad won't be able to manage it. So trying to hold on to leads and manage the game. But this game just included really, really poor game management. Um, it was a good first half. We should have scored a lot more in the first half. The second half took the foot off the gas. We weren't controlling possession. We let them back into it. And I think also the the thing that's been very noticeable over these games was how poor Ericsson has been and how loose Kane has been with the ball. He's still scoring, but he's not holding the ball up like he was earlier in the season. No, I'd jump in on that as well. I mean, I don't think he's showing his best form at the moment. I don't think the, the team itself is. I think... The fact that we had an unbeaten run for so long hasn't necessarily masked a number of things, but I, I don't think we can... I got slightly concerned with some of the, not on the board necessarily, but some of the talk in the wider media that we were suddenly this team to be feared and worried about because it, we were still the same side that looked a little bit nervy when we allowed a team to get a run at us and were still a bit shaky on crosses. It's not just necessarily um, Harry struggling. The thing that's been interesting, though, is the... Um, the absence of Dembele for me when he was out and what an impact that had on us as a team. Mm. I think he's he's very good at controlling the game and it, it showed very much in the Southampton game as well. He helps the team manage it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys on regarding the Newcastle game. I mean, I felt we missed Dembele big time. Um, Newcastle came out that second half. They had more purpose. Um, we, we just... We just kind of went to bits. Even Dyer, who who I love, had a poor second half. Carroll was a lightweight throughout. Um, agree, concur completely on Ericsson. Um, he's he's inconsistent. He and he he kind of goes missing. And unfortunately, um, that was a case against Newcastle. And to cap it off, and I hate to say this, but Loris had a, a bad day at the office. I mean, both goals. So um, it wasn't our finest performance. Um, certainly in the first half, I was a lot more confident, but, um, you know, I, I, I hopefully we learn from it, uh, although it's not the first and probably won't be the last time, you know, we have a game and then we kind of let it go. And as I said, credit also to Newcastle. They did come out with more purpose in the second half. They smelt blood and, uh, they got their result. And then we go, went on to the next game, uh, away to Southampton, um, not, I wasn't feeling particularly confident after that Newcastle performance. Um, and what I was going to ask you, Peter, and obviously it's a quick review of the game, but, but was it 
you know, did we steal three points there or was it fully deserved? That's nah, a walk in the park, you know. We went down there, we won 2 0, Prof, and we, we, we got our uh, three points. No problem at all. We enjoyed the game. Well, so okay, let, 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 let me give a little bit more detail. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> truth be told, uh, Southampton started really brightly, looked really strong. For the first 30 minutes, we were under the cosh. I mean, we looked fearful, we looked disorganized. I thought we were going to get hammered. I sat there thinking, oh, God. Please don't ask me about this game tomorrow because after 30 minutes, I, I could see us getting mauled. Um, but, you know, after 40 minutes, completely against the run of the play. Um, and I'll give the referee, who I did not think had a good game, but I'll give him credit for this one. He played the advantage. And, uh, you know, from some good build-up from Lamella and Ali, you know, Harry Kane, I thought, really, really did wonderful, a wonderful job going through those tackles and scoring the goal. And then two minutes later... Walker, you know, found space. I mean, their defence was probably um, could have done a much better job, but I'm not complaining. And all of a sudden, we're two 0 up at half time. In my mind, completely against the run of play. But you know, we've been in this situation ourselves where we've dominated um, and the other side scores. Except in this case, I just felt Southampton looked so lethal for twenty, thirty minutes. I just at half time, I was scratching my head, thinking, how the hell did we pull that one off? So the second half, um, I was expecting there'd be an onslaught from Southampton. Um, but it never really happened. Um, I mean, we, we got ourselves back into the game, obviously, a lot more confidence. We controlled it better. Dembele, I think, did a great job here. Um, you know, we've missed him against Newcastle. He showed his worth yet again. Um, but there was a number of good performances. I mean, I mean, Dembele, I thought, was, was our best guy on the day. But Lamella, yet again, you know, who's on a, you know, seems to be improving week to week, pretty much. Ali, Dyer, I mean, there's some very good performances. Can I just jump in there? Yeah. I, think, I was going to comment about the fact that I think we saw both sides of Deli Ali yesterday. I mean, don't, he was brilliant in the determination to slide in, and it was a tr- terrible foul on him in the build-up to the first goal. Yeah. But I thought he was lucky to stay on the pitch, to be honest with you, towards the end. The slide challenge he made out of oh, yeah. flanks, I thought it was disgraceful. If it had been a televised game, I'm pretty sure he'd have walked for that. Yeah, and, and, and I agree. And I said before, the referee, um, yeah, um, I think, was it Kevin Friend? Um, you know, I felt I had a mixed game and I felt that worked in our favour. That was, that was a very bad, that was a bad tackle. And, and the funny thing about Dele Alli is, and I, you know, I, I think like every, like the world at this point, you know, rate him very highly. Um, he, he reminds me of Stevie Gerrard and he's got that, Stevie Gerrard always used to have that little bit of a nasty edge to him, or let's just call it an edge to him. Um, I see it with Deli Ali, and, and he does do that. I mean, he, he's aggressive, but sometimes he goes over the line. That was definitely, um, a, uh, I think, a bit of a escape for us there, because that, I could have seen a red card on that. It's certainly a yellow, and I don't think we, there was anything, right? I don't think he got a card at all. But um, the only other thing I, I would say... Um, after about 78 minutes, and I was watching it on a stream here in the States, um, they were warming Tommy Carroll to come on. Uh, and I got very nervous because a commentator said that they were bringing on Carroll to replace Eric Dyer. Um, and, and that sent shivers down my spine. But obviously, he, he didn't replace Dyer. And, you know, Carroll came on and, you know, it didn't, didn't do any damage. Although there was a great chance that was set up for him by Lamella. Um, which unfortunately he didn't, he didn't manage to connect the ball, with the ball too well later on. But um, I think all in all, a good three points. Uh, Lloris came to um, our rescue. Um, 
you know, with a couple of really good saves. Although the first one in the first half was was frankly, um, I felt a result of his awful distribution, which is probably another conversation topic. Um, you know, I think it was about eight minutes in. Um, he 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 managed to distribute the ball straight out to them, and then I think was it Mane had a shot on goal, and he Loris did a great save. Um, so he he certainly you know proved his worth, but I would still, and maybe we'll get this later on, we can talk a bit about Lloris and his distribution, because that, that's, that's something which it just, it's been going on too long now. Um, so, um, very pleased with the points, um, and I think per, um, uh, you know, Ace's comments regarding Ericsson, um, I felt this was another so-so performance at best from Ericsson. Um, a lot of strong performances, his was not one of them. Um, bit missing in action, his free kicks, his corners seem to be ineffective. So, you know, that, that was, you know, a lot of positives, but there were certainly a few negatives as well. But thrilled to have the three points, particularly after bearing, you know, putting, putting up the first 30 minutes of onslaught from Southampton. I think when you consider just how dominant Southampton were for the majority of the first half, it's quite incredible that the only chance I can actually remember them actually having that was a good opportunity was one that was created by Loris's like horrendous distribution. And actually yeah. our centre backs are doing a very good job at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. There have been a couple of occasions in the last few games where I've marvelled at the fact that Jan Vertonghen seems quite happy to let a ball bounce in front of him, which creates more problems that he can then try and work out rather than just get it clear. Yeah. There were a couple of matches back where you just thought, just just get your head in and get it away. But he will always be that laconic, I will take that touch and I'll be fine with it. And most of the time, it's absolutely lovely. Um, Larice is kicking. I I have to be honest with you, whilst it's teeth-grindingly frustrating at times, there's a part of me that's absolutely delighted he can't kick. Because if he did, he wouldn't be with us for much longer. I think it's going to be that which will keep him at our our level, shall we say, for a little while. I do think that they've been working on it because there's quite a lot of times when he... Are you sure? <laughs> you can see, before, he used to just boot it long and we'd guarantee to lose the ball. He seems to be trying to aim for people now, which yeah. seems to be a lot more interesting, but it's not quite working for him. But I do think they are trying to work on it. I think they're trying to make sure that the fullbacks stand in space for him to kick to, and a lot of space. Yeah. Um, but he's... Yeah. But 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 even when we we do the it's called the shorter distribution, um, and you know, he'll get it out to a back or so on. Oftentimes it's it's it, and this is why I'm not I'm not putting the blame fully on Maurice. It is the team doesn't seem to know quite what to do, and we, we we get ourselves into trouble just outside our own penalty box because you know because he because he can't kick it long, and I think other teams are wise to that. Uh, they crowd us a little bit, and then we we seem to play ourselves into trouble. I think that's what happened. I'd, I'd have I don't have um, obviously the game um, saved or anything like that. That 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 thing that we were just talking about after eight minutes. I think it was a relatively short pass which played our defence into trouble, and and then it kind of got to them pretty quickly. It wasn't even a long kick if you if you follow, but it it just feels that it's a it's a it's an area generally. His distribution and our team's ability to to support him as, as we're trying to distribute the ball from the back, that that that's something where we can work. I mean, it, it's it's there's a few other things as well which to me feel like they're coachable. How many times do we get a throw in and it goes straight to the other side? I mean, I've I haven't actually done it. I'm sure someone out there who's more you know statistically inclined than me um, could <laughs> could probably find that stat, but. 
it feels to me that half the time we take throw-ins, they end up going, you know, within a bounce or two, straight back to the other side. You're statistically inclined to like another thing of being neat and tidy on the ball. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's what that's what we can do with Carol. Maybe maybe we could make him our statistician. He's really sure that he's tidy. Isn't isn't that criteria for being a statistician? All the numbers in the right column. Exactly. Peter, t- um, I, I totally agree with your frustration on Larissa's distribution, um, and and I do agree with you that if he was just that notch better, he may not be with us. Um, but to be fair. Uh, he has his moments where he's an unbelievable shot stopper. Late in the Southampton game, I mean, it might have even been yeah. in, gone into extra time or into, into injury time. He's made a phenomenal save. I think it was Ward Prowse, I'm not 100% sure, um, who sent that shot towards the corner and he had made that one handed stop low down. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, 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 it was, I think it was Ward Prowse. That, that was a great save. And I agree with you. He's a, he, he, he can be a phenomenal. Uh, shot stopper. And by the way, had that gone in, which had every right to, can you imagine how painful the, the end of that game was? <laughs> well, I think it happened in the 93rd minute, so I'm, I'm, I don't think no, it would have been much of a problem. Even no. with us. So next up, we have uh, Norwich, fresh off their giant killing victory at Old Trafford. Um, you know, it's funny when we maybe would have looked at the fixture list at the beginning of the season, we wouldn't have been particularly worried about this game. Um, and actually some of the ones that follow. Um, but now, of course, I'm worried about every game. Jake, what are your thoughts on Norwich's form, key players, and give us uh, your prediction of the results? Oh, prediction of the result. Um, well, it's difficult, not difficult. It shouldn't be difficult to, to be confident about this game. But obviously, we all have that, well, we support Spurs, so therefore we're fairly embittered and jaded about most things. Um, I find it difficult to talk about a team like Norwich after a game where they've beaten Manchester United away because Manchester United away used to be the, the fear fixture, but it's not anymore. I mean, Cameron Jerome scored yesterday at Old Trafford. Just think about that for a second. Cameron Jerome. I mean, obviously, again, this is all said with the, of course, he'll now score the winner and wheel away in front of us all. But um, so they're, they're not... And look directly at you, obviously. Yeah, of course. 17 <laughs> points out of 17 games, 20 goals scored, 29 conceded. Yes, they managed only four shots on target. They've lost two, they've drawn two, and they've won one in their last five games. If you look at their, their back four, they've got Sebastian Basson as... And if you could see me doing inverted commas, I'm doing them now. The linchpin of their defence. I mean, they're having arguments over which rud or which, whether it's the one with the Y at the end or the one without that's going to be in goal for them. It's, they're not, they're not a side blessed with talented individuals. They've got Nathan Redmond, who is a great player. He's quick, he's incisive, and he's, he's got a lovely shot on him as well. And they've got the, I don't know, someone who seems to be having some kind of your, Indian summer of a career in Wes Houlihan, who's finally being used as a playmaker. And he's doing really well when he's picked. I mean, obviously, him being picked correlates with him being dropped from my fantasy league side. Because I, when I had him, he did nothing at all and wasn't selected because they were worried about his fitness. Since I dropped him like a stone, he's come on in leaps and bounds again. Go figure. So you're going to put him back in before our game, right? <laughs> I, may well, I may well have to do that. Um, my dad is currently beating me in fantasy league, uh, which is totally fine. My dad. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think it'll be an interesting game. I think we should be able to... It all depends on how we start the match rather than how what 
what the opposition do. We have more than enough in our squad to be a, a challenge for them. If we get an early start and score early enough at against them, we'll go on and win quite comfortably. But it is how we like, how we will start the game. If we go out and we impose ourselves like we have done several times before in the season, um, against West Ham, for example, where we were, if we had a performance like that, and I don't think they're going to sit back quite as much as other teams do. Although having said that, the fact they only had 30% possession, yes, they will suggest they may do so now. Now I think about it, but it's a team we should beat. There's there's no ifs and buts about it. My prediction for the game. Oh, God. Um, I'll say we'll win. That's my Christmas mm. present to everyone. I feel quite confident we'll win against Norwich, actually. This isn't right, is it, AC? I mean, I just I just think Man United are just terrific. Hang on. Horrific or terrific? Uh, I said Man United horrific. Oh, good. Just to check. Uh, uh, I, I think we've got quite a good record in Boxing Day games over the past few years. I could yeah. be wrong about this, but but the, but you know when people do that, you know, you watch a game. They say, you know, the last in the last six meetings or the last you know four Boxing Days. But you know, we all know that it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, I, I I know it gives us comfort to think that we've got a good record on Boxing Day, but it's a different crowd of players. It's a different manager. The shirts are different. I think the only common link is probably us. We sit there on Boxing Day. <laughs> um, but I, I, I like the notion. By the way, I'm going to vote for a win as well, just because that will totally jinx it now. Because you know, I'm not exactly Mr. Optimist by nature. Um, so, but, but I, I'm, I'm going to put my thumb up and say that. I seem to remember sitting at White Hart Lane a few years ago, and we were home to Norwich, and it was like an easy peasy game, and and they beat us. And I can't remember which one of you guys will probably remember the, the year. Um, but um, and and they are to, to give them credit that you know they are. Punching above their weight a little bit, but I'm, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna, I'll, I'll vote for a win on this one. Excellent. That's I'll put, make sure I put some money on Norwich. Um, <laughs> so that, that the next game, um, what is it? I was actually looking at the next six fixtures and thinking to myself, I'm not sure I would have predicted uh, earlier in the season that of those next six games, including the FA Cup, four of them I think will be against teams in the top seven in the league. In Watford, Leicester, and Palace. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there, there you have it. So, AC, your thoughts on our trip to Watford on Boxing Day? No, sorry, on the twenty eighth. Uh, yeah, Watford um, doing quite well at the moment. Um, as we are recording this, it is approximately twenty minutes after they finished their game against Liverpool, which they have won three nil. If you guys weren't paying attention to the uh, the game at all, um, Igalo scored again. So he now has 12 goals this season. Oh, he's my dad's captain. Oh, uh, that's two goals he's got today, so on. you're just going to fall further behind. Oh, he's going to be unbearable over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I think Watford's main strength is their two strikers. Uh, Iqalo and Troy Deeney are a big handful for any team. However, I do think they've had favourable fixtures recently um, in the last five they lost against Man United they beat Aston Villa just they beat Norwich reasonably comfortably they beat Sunderland 1-0 and then today they've beaten Liverpool 3-0 obviously the Liverpool result stands out but they did have Sacco playing at the back up against <laughs> Dini and Igalo so I wouldn't read too much into that um, but Watford are a very hard working team um, they like to defend deep and play on the counter, but they're very well drilled. They're very difficult to break down. 
Um, they've got pace and power up front. Um, I think this is going to be a game where we're going to be relying on our two centre-backs to continue their great form. If they can handle the two strikers, I don't feel too worried about the rest of the team. I mean, it's got Capu and Gomez in it. <laughs> I, yeah. I just think Kane should have a field day against this team. I think their centre-backs are the type of centre-backs he likes playing against, and Gomez is not exactly someone who's going to keep him out of the goal. Um, I predict another win here. Wow. I, well, I've never heard you predict two wins on a troll. I, I'm pretty sure I always predict us to win. If I could just jump in, I'd be ever so slightly devil's advocate, because I completely agree with you that Troy Deeney and Nagalo, you know, they're, they're in the purple patch right now. They're big, they're strong, they're tough. But a couple of other factors as well. I mean, their pitch is 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 not the smoothest pitch it's like when I used to put a cloth out to play Subutio um, when I was, you know, a youngster. Um, and I never could get all the bumps out of the whatever that material was for your Subutio pitch. That, that's how the Watford ground looks to me. It's, 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 it, it, it's, it's a bumpy pitch. Um, it's going to be uh, – there's going to be a, a lot of intensity from the crowd. By the way, Kapui and Gomez, I mean, uh, as, as poorly as Kapui ended out with us – whenever I've seen him play for Watford, he hasn't looked so bad after all. He's actually looked like the guy I think we thought we were buying. Um, and clearly, both him and Gomez would love to stick it to us. Um, you know, in the case of Gomez sticking it to us, I, mean, I think that probably means, you know, actually, you know, save goals and, you know, you know not screw up. But but I think Kabui would be very motivated because I don't think they were happy campers and I don't think they have fond memories of us. So... I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. You know what? I'll take a draw at this point. I just, my, my feeling is, it's going to be, it's going to be a very tough game. They've got, they said, those, those two guys up front who will, will you know, we will need our centre backs to perform at their best. Um, tough environment. Um, you know, two days after the Norwich game, which we've all agreed we'll win. Um, so I'm, I'm voting for, I'm not voting. For, I'm hoping for a win, but kind of expecting a draw. It all kind of depends on the the game. Obviously, I'm going to state the opposite. Depends how we do at Norwich, but also the um, disciplinary disciplinary record. Because Vertonghen's on four yellow cards at the moment. If he picks up one on um, Boxing Day, then we'll be well. It has to be Vimmer, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. It's the only centre back we've got left, and we've got to drop Dyer in and push Bentaleb up. It's me overthinking. But yeah, so I'm slightly concerned about the fact that we are one yellow card away from having to change our superbly successful. But um, I, th- I think the the thing to also remember is. We're playing Norwich at home. Watford have got Chelsea away on Boxing Day. They're going to have to have worked. They're going to have to work hard in that game because Chelsea are under their new revival. We might face Watford when they're very tired. They haven't exactly got a great squad. No, that's true. Some of the worst bedsheet protests in football history yesterday at Stamford Bridge. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I do like them when they make the effort like that, though. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Can I just come back to the comment about uh, the Tongan potentially being out? Um, I think Toby, Toby, and by the way, I call Toby Toby because I just still cannot pronounce his last name. But I think Toby's phenomenal. I've done, has made such a difference. You know, I'm still not such a huge fan of the Tongan. I think he certainly looks, you know, he's, his confidence or um, his demeanor has improved having Toby alongside him. And he's, he's looked, he's looked good. He's looked good. But he's, if I had to, if we had to lose one of them, 
um, you know, Vertonga being out, because Wim, Wimmer is not bad. And Wimmer, alongside Toby, um, I think, and, and Wimmer's physically pretty imposing, in fact, more so than Vertonga. And if you think about those two guys, well, particularly think of Troy Deeney, you know, that's a very physical player anyway. So I'm, yeah. I'm less concerned. I would be very concerned if Toby was, was you know, on four yellows right now. Um, with Vertonga, I would like him not to, to be out for the game, but it doesn't make me quite as nervous as the thought that Toby would have been out. I think we are also going to have to look at the possible options of, sorry, of, of, of um, thinking about some rotation. I know there was a, we mentioned it before we started, that there's a thread on the board at the moment, started by the esteemable Bob about what we would do and whether we do need to make, you know, mix things up a little bit and what options do we have if, if we need to change things at the back. And to be fair to, to Vatonga, I thought yesterday in the game against Southampton, he was excellent. Yes, I'd agree with that. I would say I, I would agree as well. By the way, again, I'm, I'm not I'm not knocking him. I, I like him, but I think Toby is is such a key player, and Vertonghen's is a good player. I just realised it's one of those. I suppose is it one of the quirks of the fixture list, or does it regularly happen? Where I think there are only four Premier League games. But you know, we play Norwich and Watford, and there are four games, and then we play Norwich and Watford again. I think I will call that a quirk. A quirk is that okay? Don't yeah. That's, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll allow that. Prof, we need to get a statistician more involved with this because statistically someone could tell us what the chances of that happening are. It, 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 have to Tommy Carroll's got on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, to, I think, Peter, we, yeah. Yeah, we as in Tottenham, are heading to a part of, the, of England that you know at least somewhat of. Um, in the, we're heading up to Liverpool to play Everton uh, for an away game there. What are your thoughts on that one? Well, well, first of all, um, I, I have now become a de facto expert on the... Yep. Um, what part of England is that? That's the north of England, is it? Um, yeah. <laughs> north of England. Um, I verge the fact that I, I live in New York and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I was born in London. Yep. And, but I have been up to... Um, I have been <laughs> to Watford. But, but you're right. I, I actually have, I've actually researched this pretty thoroughly, Prof. And... Um, <laughs> I actually looked at the league tables to see how I'm doing. Um, and so let me give you my in-depth uh, uh, sum- summary on this one. Um, first of all, um, when I look at just the, the macro level, they look a bit like us. I mean, we, we're above them because the, the, and here we get ready for some heavy statistics here now, guys. Um, we've won seven. They've won five. We've both drawn eight. They've lost four. We've only lost two. So that's why we're above them in the league, you know. Um, so uh, let me retreat from the complexity a second and just also... Did you, did you hear that sound, Peter? That, that's the sound of Tom Carroll turning in his grave all those <laughs> Well, just looking over his shoulder in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I was actually going to belabor it a bit more and just point out that because we've won two more games, then we're therefore going to be six points because two times three equals six. But I didn't want to give you guys all the tricks of my trade. But if we carry so, on like that, we'll put Opta out of business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting close. I'm getting close. And therefore, we're above them in the table. So um, they, 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 they kind of look a bit like us. Look, they've, they've had too many draws. I said eight draws are the same as us. Too many draws. They, they drop points. They've scored more than us. They've got 31, we're 28. But they, they've got a leaky defence, certainly leakier than ours. Um, but, you know, they, they're scoring. And Lukaku, you know, I think he's like the third leading scorer in the league now. So, you know, 
they're doing okay. I mean, I don't think that the Evertonians are particularly thrilled as to how things are going. I think their complaints would be that they think, um, and this is only because I listened to a, a show yesterday where they said this, because um, I don't actually know any Evertonians. Um, Howard's gone off the boil a bit, little bit. And when I've seen Everton, he, he, Tim Howard doesn't look quite as, you know, as strong, um, you know, and, and doesn't seem to have the same presence in the, you know, as goalie that he used, that he has in previous seasons. So th- their defense is, is, seems to be struggling a bit. Although they've got John Stone, who I think is an excellent, excellent, I'm just not even me, excellent defender. I've always, you know, liked their backs. Um, you know, they've got two very strong backs in, in, in Leighton Baines and, and, uh, with Coleman as well. So, I mean, they've got a pretty strong defense. Um, the midfield, um, they've got, in my mind, the misnamed Tom Cleverly, um, who I've never, never quite got, although I think Ferguson rated him for a while over at Man U when he played there. They've got Gareth Barry. I mean, they've got a tough midfield. And of course, up front, their dual striker, um, combo, um, uh, you know, has been between Lukaku and Kone, um, has, has, has been doing pretty well for them. And of course, they've got the enigmatic, uh, Barkley buzzing around in midfield as well. So I, I think it's a, it's a pretty, pretty strong team. Um, not quite performing probably where they would like to be performing at. And it's mainly because of defense. Um, their last six games, I think, um, they have actually only won, I think, one they've done they've done more draws in the last few games than we have, um, but I think they've got like seven points from the last six, and we've got nine points. Um, Everton's always a tough place to play at, so I'm going to go for the obvious answer here and say I think a, st- a score draw um, is written all over this. I think it's going to be a game which could suit us. I mean, even if he tried with the best in the world, Martinez doesn't seem to be a player, a manager who can. Um set a team up to sit back and hit on the counter quite as much as that seems to be where we're a little bit soft at times. I think if you give us plenty of the ball, we get to your yeah. box and get a bit, a little bit lost. I think a player also is worth a mention as well is, um, Jed Delafeu, who I think is yeah. a, a, a really exciting player to watch infuriatingly. So, and he's someone who comes out, well, chalk on his boots style at times. They, they play him as far out wide as they possibly can. And then he'll put the ball in. His ball across was it against Villa for um, Lukaku to score the other day. It was such a thing of beauty. And again, balls into the box aren't really, they're almost like our kryptonite, I, I, I fear. Um, so, uh, unfortunately the case, yeah. I, I totally agree with you in terms of balls into the box. It's, it's a clear weakness for us. Um, yeah, and, and he, he definitely, um, he, he's been going through, he's had a great patch. I mean, he's keeping out, um, who's the Belgium guy? Um, Morales. Morales. Keeping Morales out, who in turn, I guess, is keeping our very own ex-own Aaron Lennon, right? Um, but, um, yeah, uh, the, the, I, I, it, it does worry me that our, um, in a, our weakness with crosses, and, and this is it's going to be tested in this game. You'd say that Lennon doesn't look happy about being kept out the side, but that's something I can't remember him ever looking happy. So, really, I don't mind who goes first on the next one, but... Um, I think it's a 11 days until the January transfer window opens. Um, what positions, if any, do you feel we need to strengthen um, in order to, to give us a strong chance of uh, finishing in the top four? We're all going to say the same thing, aren't we? We're all going to say uh, striker cover and defensive midfielder cover. 
Yeah, Do you that's, think that's it? It's cover. Well, it's not a first 11 appointment that we're looking for, which is why it's so hard. And I don't think, I would not be surprised if we don't get anyone else in because there's a very set level, number of parameters that the, the scouting department seems to be working under. It's young, it's either someone who could come in and sit on the bench or some, dust themselves off for a few games here or there like Ricky Lambert would have done for us or it's someone who will be happy to play a number of different positions so not necessarily going to be starting up front every game and that's the other thing how do you entice people in I think I said the exact same thing on the last one with these we did it's a really difficult sell I would argue unless you're going to get someone in who's I don't know, 1890. We were linked with the second Moussa Dembele the other day, which I read with interest, because I think he would be someone who we could bring in and say, right, you'll get game time, but you're not, you're unlikely to start that many. And he'd possibly be all right. But is that going to stifle his development? Would you want to take the risk? I, 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 I completely agree with you, by the way, that it, it's a very hard sell to get someone to come in to basically sit on the bench and just wait for someone to keel over or get injured. I, I actually think maybe there's a, you've touched upon a strategy here that maybe if, just, just for the novelty of it, if we could get a, a, a cover for every one of our players with the same name, that <laughs> would actually, that, that would be a differentiator. In, in a league where teams are starting to look all the same in some ways, wouldn't that be kind of fun? I mean, we've kind of got Kyle Walker's Peters. Isn't that the name that we yep. have a right back? If we could get the other Moussa Dembele, then we've only got to find nine more with their <laughs> corresponding names. So two Moussa Dembele's and Kyle Walker and Kyle Walker-Peters. Yeah. It's a start. <laughs> um, I personally wouldn't put any money towards a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably too stacked in, in central midfield. I agree with that as well. Well, well, central or defensive midfielder? Because, I, I mean, we, we're certainly quite a little overstacked, I agree. But, but in terms of tr- like the, the role that, that Eric Dyer has been performing so well this season, I don't know who else... I would have. I mean, I like Bentaleb, but I don't think Bentaleb was ever a defensive midfielder in the same way Eric Dyer is, that, that gives those other two centre-backs the freedom to kind of rotate with. I, I'm not so sure. I, 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 mean, I just think back to how well Dembele played when he played in there against Liverpool and just think, if we need him, he can do it. Yeah. Um, and he maybe he can't do the same job that Dyer does in terms of being able to drop back into a centre-back position. But I think we just have to say to the two centre-backs, stop roaming about uh you know too much yeah i'd put all of i you know if we're going to try and sign people i want to get obviously a backup striker in someone young someone hungry who can come in and play games but wouldn't you love to like ruin leicester a little bit <laughs> you know buy mares or vardy if we can Both. throw money at them <laughs> Get them to fall out the top four. If they lose those two, they're screwed. But I, I don't. I, of course, I would love to, but I, I don't see any reason why they would. Why they would even think about that? I mean, it just seems implausible. You know, um, I, I just couldn't see it. I mean, I, I think both those players are great players, but I, I can't see what attraction we would hold. Come and sit on our bench. You know, we're, we're fourth, maybe fifth in the league. You're in first position, and you're the key guy. Uh, you know, yes, London's a more attractive place to live than Leicester. Sorry, all those who are listening who come from... Is Leicester in the middle of England somewhere, right? From the middle. Um, been sorry, while, so, Peter. I'm sorry. sorry <laughs> I'm sorry to sound so parochial, but it's very hard to see why, why they would come. So, you know, One other point, what if we're talking about other teams and other players, I think a lot of discussion before the season was on how it would be valuable for us to get Victor Wanyama. I'm delighted we haven't gone near him, to be honest with you. 
I think yesterday showed that it, some players can make other players look a lot better. And I think in the absence of Schneiderlin, it's shown quite how limited Victor Wanyama actually is. He he didn't really carry any kind of, he didn't break up any kind of threat yesterday, I didn't think. I thought quite a lot of that match passed him by after the 30-minute mark. Yeah, I, I agree yesterday. He, he didn't, because I've seen him in the past and been quite impressed. And I've even seen him post Schneiderlin and, and felt he looked good. But yesterday... Um, I, I, I'm with you. I looked at him yesterday and I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe not. Let me, let me throw out another name. And I actually said this before he came on against us the other day for Newcastle. Um, Perez. Um, I've, I've always liked this guy. I mean, he, he's kind of, you know, he's aggressive. I know he's, he's short. He's not, he's not going to win a whole lot in the air, but he, he's always struck me as being a very useful guy to be playing up front. Um, he tried to get him in the summer, apparently. Oh, okay. okay. There were quotes on, I think, Hotspur-related, one of the uh, Twitter feeds, from him and his agent saying that we tried to do a deal with Newcastle and they refused at the last minute. Ugh. Yeah, I, 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 whenever I've seen him, and it wasn't just because of what he did to us the other day. In fact, I said to my buddy who I was watching with the game with, you know, before we, you know, before they came back, I said, they've got this guy Perez on the bench. I don't know why, because whenever I've seen him, he's always looked dangerous and course he came on and uh, the rest followed but um i, I like him I, th- I think that would be and that feels as though it, it could have been maybe doable but what about the uh, west bomb guy veradina what Verena. do people think about that very sorry what do people think about about him because i haven't you know i know he hasn't played much you know since he's he's kind of been in he's kind of in limbo there and the chairman apparently won't deal with this anyway but would he be someone we would consider at this point? Or do you feel a lot of it? I'd definitely take him. I, I wanted him. Yeah, I'd, I'd take him. Yeah, I think he's yeah. good. Yeah. How much were they looking... Over the summer, it looks like they were looking for a little bit of silly money, which, you know, is just the way things are nowadays. Um, and that was the sticking point. What did we offer him? Was it $25 million or something? I think we went up to 23 but And that was how much they were asking for, but then they refused it. But he's only got... 18 months left on his contract now. Yeah. Uh, they, he's not been playing at all this season, really. He's not been scoring this season. His value will have dropped like a stone. Yeah. He took a hammering from Pulis every time he has come on. The header that he missed when Pulis said he didn't want to use his head at Old Trafford after he'd used his head. <laughs> uh, I, I just find, I don't know, Pulis really winds me up. I've, I've mentioned this before. He's... There's something about old men in box fresh Adidas tracksuits I find deeply unsettling. Oh, oh, can you give me a second? I've just got to run off and change. <laughs> but no, he, he's the guy that who would go toe to toe with you for the last parking space in a Morrison's car park. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm also making mention not to shop in Morrison's anymore. <laughs> okay, guys, we come to the last segment now. Um, which is, I think we're a, a game or two short of the halfway point in the season. And I was actually looking at our squad. One of the things that was interesting is, um, of, of our players who have, you know, started more than a couple of games, who would you think is the oldest? Um, Dembele. Dembele. Yeah, I think Dembele. Isn't he 28 or something? He is. Oh, I think the answer might be Jan Vertonghen, who's also 28, but was born earlier in the, that year, in 87. I thought Vertonghen was like 26. I, I think he was 28. 
Can we get? Can, can we not get a statistician in again on this one? It, <laughs> That's me. I'm doing. This, I'm doing you, the job. You've done your research. So. Well, no. Tom Carroll's texting me as we talk. Um, <laughs> so, so, but to think, you know, really in, in that in our team and, and really in the, you know, in the squad, that that's the, the oldest you know, player we have is quite something. So um, what I'm going to ask each of you is, can you provide your, basically asking you to name your player of the season so far and specifically why you chose them. I'm going to start with Jake. Eric Dyer. Um, I've chosen him because he has altered the way that we can switch from attack to, from defense to attack. He's a, uh, demonstrate that he can fill in in three different roles for us um he's become pretty much the first name on the team sheet he is someone who demonstrates all the bits around the way pochettino likes his teams to play with that controlled aggression with the the bit of a snarl but also with a lot of intelligence to him i think we've still got a lot to come from him as well so yeah for me he stands out head and shoulders i mean even considering the the development of other players who I won't name because they'll probably be named shortly. But for me, Eric Dyer is the one that's really impressed me so far. Well, I have to say, Jake, that's um, I'm, to, I'm hoping um, Peter or AC could string it out a bit longer because I've now got to change my choice. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I'm, he's I'm... just he's so he's so um, I I can I can't think of any players about or of whom I have um, been more fond than Eric Dyer's start at Spurs. Um, just been unbelievable. It, not just his skills, but his attitude to every game, his attitude to being moved from position to position, um, just a phenomenal uh, character to have. Yeah. I'm, I, I said to I said to Prof before we started this that I thought I was going to pick somebody out that no one else picked, partly because I knew he'd go for his man crush in Eric Dyer. <laughs> Damn you. Um, <laughs> and I felt that Jake could probably do the same thing. My pick is Toby Alderweireld. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's dramatically changed our defense. He's he's the one who's shouting commands out now. I mean, he, he's telling Eric Dyer where to go. So I think he's partly, you know, the reason why Dyer looks so good. He's telling everyone what to do. Really, I think he's such a calm head to have at the back. He covers everybody in that defense. He's been sensational. I don't know what else I could say about him, really. His long balls as well. I was going to say, you could pick up on his beautiful distribution. That ball to Deli Alley the other week. Oh. His, his passing is unbelievable. He's probably got the best long ball in the whole team. So, yeah, very impressed with him. Peter, for you? Well, I, I feel just to break it up a bit, guys, I've got to say Andros Townsend. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Fazio, because that's what I'm going to so, so uh, how, can I rephrase the question? Can I, can I, can I rephrase the question that you asked and say, apart from Eric Dyer, because mm-hmm. obviously that was going to be my choice, apart from Eric Dyer, who, who would be your number one choice? And I'd actually written down five names and Dyer's name was at top. My number two name was Toby. Me too. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, so, so can, I, can I go to number three or something? Because, <laughs> no, I, I mean, look, Dyer and Toby, um, absolutely head and shoulders. Having said that, can, can we do special mentions, or do you want to do you want to have a separate conversation on who else is doing well? Well, who's short times improvement. Stuff? I was going to go for my, my number three because I have exactly the same one too as you. My number three is going to be Dal Ali, just oh, just the, just because of the his age and the impact that he's had. And I don't expect him to have a consistent season at age of nineteen, but he's already far um, exceeded my expectations for him especially given that he has jumped up two levels um, in, one, you know, in one season. 
Can we do our fourth and fifth favourite players? Because <laughs> I mean, it's it's great that we're all seeing the same thing, but it's kind of boring, right? Because we want to have we want to have something, you know, some tension, some dynamic on this. But I could say I, I would think if you polled quizzes, you would get people who could make a legitimate claim that Lloris has been our best player, people who could make a legitimate claim that um, Lamella has been the best player. Dembele has been the best player. The Kane has been the best player. Can, can I tell you something? And 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 I'm not I'm not going for the Tommy Camel Carroll stati- statistician role here. But this is going to sound me sound make me sound like a bit of a stat here. In preparation for this call, I actually went through the from our Coys board from the man of the match statistics, mm-hmm. and I unscientifically um, my methodology was such that. Um, I, I I took the top three from every game. I assigned points and I tabulated this. Does this make me sound like a bit of a wonk, or someone? Doesn't someone else already do? I, can you hear? Sure they do. Team Wolf's teeth are grinding. I'm sure they do, but they don't do it badly. I did it badly because I did not apply rule statistics. I did it in like 10 minutes, to be honest, because I figured by the time I found that statistic, I could just do it. Anyway, bottom line is this. Interestingly, is you know, then far and away Dembele at least with my methodology, comes up top. Followed by Lamella, then Dyer, then Toby, then Ali, Um, which is kind of interesting because it's kind of somewhat similar to the conversation we've just been having, except, of course, um, the order's a little different. And Lamella, none of us had had him in our top three. I would actually have him in my top five. I've I've been... I credit where due. I mean, two seasons ago when he joined us, I thought he was a deer in the headlights. Last year, I thought... He was pretty poor. And by the way, ironically, um, over the summer, there were two players I thought we should try and get rid of to get some money back. One was called Lamella, or still is called Lamella, and one is Dembele. And um, if you look at the last few games, they've probably been our best players in in many of the matches. What I'll give Lamella credit for is um, he put his head down. There seems to be no ego with this guy. He, he, He worked hard. Um, he's he's got an engine on him. He he's one of the few players who never looks as though he's you know you know like out of breath at the end of the games. I mean he looks incredibly fit. Um, you know he still is prone to giving away free kicks in our area. He's still got room for improvement. But considering where he was two years ago or even a year ago, uh, I would you know I I just think he's come on and I think his passing skills. You know in terms of you know he he, he plays killer passes. You know I. I, I've seen. I've started to understand now what people saw in him. Whereas last year and certainly the year before, I couldn't. I think if if we did like the uh, the NBA and had most improved player of the year awards, uh, it would have to be Lamella. Yeah, by country mile. Yeah, absolutely. I, could, I mean, I could make an argument, that, and I do actually agree with you, Lamella. But um, that compared to how he performed last year, though not previous years, Kyle Walker has improved. His goal against West Ham was a thing of beauty. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Outside the foot. It's interesting, you know, Peter, in, in your list of top five and all the names we've been discussing, our top goal scorer didn't come up. No, he, 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 he didn't come up. He came, he came down pretty low. Um, but, I mean, I don't think any of us doubt the value of Harry Kane. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, he's such a bedrock for us. But it, it, I felt the same thing. I looked at... Not only my numbers, I actually went off to another place and looked at some other statistics. And same thing. Um, yet yeah, he is, you know, such an integral. I'm not saying we take him for granted, but 
It's he hasn't been standout, right? I mean, yesterday, for example, that goal was a. I mean, that was so that was so well taken. I'm almost saying manufactured by him uh, to an extent. But the rest of the game, I mean, he, he's hard working. He's doing a lot of stuff, but he doesn't. He doesn't. I say. I don't know how to say this. He, he doesn't. He doesn't kind of seem to be getting the same buzz around him that maybe he did last season. But I mean, there's no question. The value to the team is 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 incredible. It's a weird thing, though, isn't it? It's because after the phenomenal season of last year, it's almost that there is that level of expectation for him to play. This is what we expect from Harry. Yeah. This was Harry's first season for us, playing as the lone striker up front in the Premiership, and he'd scored the same number of goals. He'd worked as hard, and he'd been, apart from the odd game here or there, where he he hasn't been up to the standard, where he's been an excellent lead, leading striker, bringing others into play. We would be going mental like we did last season for him. He, I mean, that's the thing. He is that good, but he's been consistently good, and it's now almost taken as red. I think and this the... season he's been, I think he's been struggling. He's not been as influential in the whole game as he ha- he was last year. I, he created a lot of opportunities last year, and he, he looked so strong last year. He's giving the ball away quite a lot at the moment, and I think that his goal's almost covering up for that. I think he's scoring without being outstanding. You talk about the game yesterday, and I think of his goal, which was superb. And that little one-two he played with Ericsson around the corner to have a shot on goal. Aside from that, all I can remember was him giving the ball away. And I've got a message here from Tom Carroll, who says, says, and of course you chaps have omitted the player who is, I think, fourth in the Premiership in assists, and has got at least twice as many assists as the next um, highest number for a Spurs player. Ericsson? Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think he's been playing that well recently. And yet, yeah. and yet without his assists? I know. But then some players, like <laughs> yesterday, Deli Alli got an assist on the, on the first goal and he was playing awfully. And he, yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I, 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 I agree with you. I really do. I, just, I, I was thinking back you know, to last year and um, how it was all about Kane and, to some extent, Eriksson. And this year, they're both doing fine statistically, but none of the four of us would have them in the top five. And, and, by, the, and by the way, on, on, as far as Eric's con- concerned, I mean, another statistic, and, you know, again, we have to defer to Mr. Tom Carroll on this, but another statistic I would be very interested in is the number of times Ericsson gives the ball away. Because you, you mentioned that for Kane, but I, I notice it more so with Ericsson. Um, that, that there's there's a lot of given up possession and poor, you know, I mean, there's, there's yes, he has the assist, but there's a lot of the other stuff which you know, which worries me more. And, and I, and I like him. It's a bit like, you know, the criticism leveled at Ozil over at the Gunas. You know, people would say that about him at one point, that he wasn't influential enough in the game. He faded. He was a bit lightweight. I mean, Ericsson has, I, I would, I would, and, and now Ozil, I think, is probably doing more for Arsenal than he was originally. But Ericsson seems to have gone in the other direction. He's turned into the old Meza Ozil in some respects, at least for me. I mean, I, I, I still like him. I think he's good, but I don't know. I scratch my head a bit with him, and sometimes he looks as though he's, he's the weakest link up front, which is... There are, there are certain things, though, aren't there, that you, if you see a player do, it makes you... It almost, almost denigrates the rest of their, their, the work they do. I yeah. Mean, Erickson's shying out of every single challenge, even if yeah. it's a 90-10 in his favour. 
I can't help but get wound up about that. And you and you it, think about like Lamella when he's been a bit like he's had a couple of games this season when he's been average, but his work rate and the amount of energy he puts into the game makes up for it. And yeah. Ericsson doesn't do that. No, not at all. Yeah. But again, that do goes you, back to let, guys. Uh, do you notice a difference between Ericsson or how much of a difference is there when he plays centrally as opposed to on the left? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yesterday he got more involved when he was in the centre, but I just. His passing's very heavy, and I don't really know why that is. His touches aren't coming off. You think back to last season at this time when we we weren't playing very well, but we were winning because Ericsson kept scoring last-minute winners, and we're not getting him scoring at all at the moment, really. True, true. Another player I was thinking about in, in my list of most improved players um, was actually Danny Rose. Yeah. Um, yet, and so this is certainly not a knock on him, um, but he was out yesterday, and I felt that Ben Davis did really well. Yeah, I touched uh, on the um, Europa commentary. I think mm-hmm. that Ben Davis is, is a really underrated player. He has a, a, an air of calm around him, which I quite like. It's not the the all out guns blazing attacking style that Danny Rose has, but he certainly brings a bit more solidity to that flank. I think Danny Rose has been coached really well. Just to mm-hmm. go back onto Rose, because his positioning is massively improved. I, but you know, before we all we talked about was he was good going forward, but he was always out of position. Mm. Yeah, I mean, every coach has um, success stories, don't they? Yeah, the certain players that have developed and shone under them. I mean, the, the blessing for us under Poch is that those have been well, Dembele certainly, Harry Kane for sure, Danny Rose. I mean, there's probably a couple of others as well. I mean, that's the, that's the encouraging thing about the whole season. We can't really use our most improved players as Pochettino because there are some things he's not doing correctly I don't, I'm sure we could argue about that till the cows come home about get, as you said earlier on AC game management and so on but there's so much that he's done brilliantly we have come on in leaps and bounds I think uh, just I mean cards on table I've, I'm a big Danny Rose fan um, uh, I, I recognise defensively he still can be creaky he can still be caught out of position um, <clears throat> let's just say there's room for improvement but he's he's brave. He's really brave. He's aggressive in a good way. Um, I, 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 and and I think going forward, um, he, he's 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 just strong. I, you know, I like Davis. I, I was. I think Davis probably defensively is. I'm not sure there's that much difference actually, because I assume that Davis would be more solid defensively because I don't see the same um, speed. You know, you know, ability to get down the wing. Um, I think Davis has Davis has improved because you know. To begin with, I was I was scratching my head on Davis, um, and I think he's had some good games lately. But I feel I still feel a lot more comfortable with with Rose in the team, and a lot of that comes down to you get the sense he really cares. Sometimes he cares a little bit too much, and that bubbles over. But Rose really, really cares, and maybe Davis does too. But Ro- 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 I just love I love Rose's attitude, his attitude, and it's all about attitude, right? I mean, not all. There's you've got to have skill and other things, but attitude is important, and I, I, Rose has it. But let's bear in mind that Danny, where Danny Rose was three years ago in his development, because that's where Ben Davis is. Ben Davis is three years younger than Danny Rose. Yeah, yeah but I, by that logic, I should be even better than all of them, because I'm like a million years <laughs> older. <laughs> if you want to put me left back next week, guys, go for it. I, yeah, I guarantee you'll be left back next week. <laughs> so with my thanks to um, AC, Jake and Peter, I um, hope you've all enjoyed Coys cast number six. Bye bye.